Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8 with me, please. Let's uh, look together in God's Word and be introduced to this King. The challenge of our day is, will those who claim to follow Christ submit to his authority? The challenge of our day is, will the church who preaches Jesus bow to his authority? This is the biggest challenge of the day. Over the last seven days, since I left here last Sunday, the overwhelming pressure in my heart has been, will those not outside the kingdom, will those who believe they are in the kingdom, will those who identify as Christ, will I myself acknowledge in every area of my life that King Jesus is the authority? There are a lot of things facing us as believers in Watkinsville, in Oconee County, in Northeast Georgia, in Georgia, in the South. Just let that geographical circle expand on that many of us thought we would never be confronted with. And I don't mean things that we might just immediately consider sinful. I just mean lots of rapid change. But I do mean a lot of things that God's word calls sinful being accepted as acceptable. Some say for believers today, some say for the church today that our greatest challenge is the racial divide. Some say that the greatest challenge in America is the economic disparity. Some say that the greatest challenge of our world is the threat of World War III. Some would say to us, and I've Wondering through this is that the greatest challenge for our day would be the breakdown of the family. Some would say that our greatest challenge is related to lesbian and gay, bisexual, transgender, queer issues. Some say that the challenge of our day is how we're going to address gender issues and the rapid acceptance of people changing outwardly their gender. Some say it's CRT. Some say it's the definition of marriage. All of those things we can find verses in Scripture to speak to at some point, but the issue for us today that is most challenging 
before we ever get to one of those is whether Jesus is going to be king. Will he be our authority? Because the issues that we struggle with and battle with in our world cannot always be decided on science or discovery, current understanding. It cannot be determined by emotion or feelings. We must take our lives as followers of Jesus to his throne and see what the king says. There is a battle going on among believers and Christians over who the authority is. And oftentimes we found ourselves pulled by the authority of heaven versus the authority of humanity. And you may even find yourself in situations where you feel like you're now dealing with some circumstance where you feel like the Bible should not be brought into it. Even in on your own life, you may have believed in a crucified Christ for the atonement of your sin but you have refused to accept him as the risen Christ with authority over your life. We can't celebrate his redemption and ignore his rule. He is both savior and king. And this is where the gospel of Matthew goes. When you start in this book of Matthew and you begin to meet Jesus, you meet a king, and page after page after page is, is the word of God revealing to us a king and a kingdom with rule and authority who lives and dies and is buried and unlike any other king, rises back to life. And so we have to answer today, who will be our authority? We're going to take large chunks of scripture in these days as we work through Matthew. I preached once through the gospel of Luke and it took me two and a half years. Um, I'll do what the Lord wants me to do, but my intent is not to take that long. We won't get to every verse and we won't solve every dilemma and answer every difficult passage, but we're going to meet Jesus the King. I want you to look in chapter 8 and 9 and, and as we think about his authority and we weigh his authority and we, we wonder where his authority comes from, I want you to see first that we learn about his authority when it is demonstrated by his miracles. He came doing miracles. Miracles of all kinds and all types. He did miracles related to sickness and disease and miracles that involved demons. He did miracles that involved nature. He did miracles that involved life and death. And I want to just 
look at these miracles. What you find in Matthew chapter 8 is just miracle after miracle after miracle. In chapter 9, you get into it again. More miracles. Supernatural events that can only be explained by the authority of one greater than life, greater than death, greater than sickness, greater than disease, greater than waves and storms and demons. And I want to read in chapter 8, chapter 9, the stories of these miracles. This is when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him, and behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for proof to them. There's one. And then look in verse 5. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment even from a distance he had authority over disease sickness paralysis verse 14 and when Jesus entered Peter's house he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever he touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Look at verse 23. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves but he was asleep and they went and woke him saying save us Lord we're perishing and he said to them why are you afraid oh you of little faith then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was great calm and the men marveled saying what sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him authority sickness disease demons storms Verses 28 through 34, you see him cast out demons from two men. In chapter 9, verses 1 through 8, you see him heal uh, someone who was paralyzed. And then verse 18, while he was saying these things, uh, chapter 9, verse 18, 
While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. Then he heals two men born blind. He heals then a man who was unable to speak. It's miracle after miracle after miracle demonstrating his authority. Not only we learn about his authority when it's demonstrated by his miracles, we learn about his authority when it was given to his apostles. Now, in verse 18 of chapter 8 through verse 22, he talks about the cost of following him as a disciple. He says in verse 22, Jesus said, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Then in chapter 9, verses 9 down through 13, he goes to Matthew and he calls Matthew out of being a tax collector to come and follow him as his disciple. And then in chapter 10, you have him, verses 1 through 4, uh, where it's named the 12 uh, men who would serve as his apostles. And then you have in verse 5 of chapter 10, these 12 men, Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And listen to verse 7. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what they were to say. What were they to do? Look at verse 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Here's, it won't get the most time this morning, but it may be the most important thing we recognize about his authority today. It's this. He had the authority to do miracles. He spoke and people saw again. He spoke and people lived again. He spoke and winds calmed down. He spoke. People walked again. But he also was so powerful that he was able to look at someone else and give them power. Just let it, just kind of let it sit on your heart right now. He was so powerful that he could give that power and authority away. And when he gave his power and authority, what could the disciples do? Cast out demons. They could do miracles. They could see miracles happen. He was revealing his authority through his own miracles. He was revealing his authority through the power that he was able to give to the disciples. And finally, notice, we learn about his authority 
when it was applied to his mission. When you work through chapter 10, you begin to see that to be his disciple and to follow him becomes very dangerous. He says in verse 16 of chapter 10, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you'll be dragged before governors and kings. Why? For my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. And when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is you, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved." When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. What he's showing to us today is that he he has authority to send us out, even into missions following his commands that will be dangerous. Jesus interrupts life here on earth. He interferes, Alistair Begg says. He comes, and when we read through Matthew, you begin to see that being a part of his kingdom, following Jesus as our Savior, worshiping him as king, you begin to see that Some are in the kingdom and some are not. And it's dangerous. If you base danger on the world standard of safety. Now, let me make three notes of application here. Number one, there is no circumstance too difficult for the king. Hear me. When you read through these miracles and you see his authority and you walk into this world today, into this life today, into this room today, and you look at your life and your circumstances and you think, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I don't know where the answer to this prayer is going to come. Think of the faith of the centurion. Think of the faith of the woman. Think of the the, the work that Jesus did and and. It's it's on his time and in his sovereignty. But know this, there is no circumstance that any one of us deal with in life that is too difficult for our king. And number two, there is no cost too demanding by the king. He says in chapter 10, verse 38, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He's speaking about the cost of following Jesus, and following Jesus as king, maybe in our day in this world, is more costly than any of us in Western America or Southern U.S. have ever experienced before. And there is no cost too demanding by the king. The question is not the cost. The question is, who is our authority? Third application, there is no command too dangerous for the king. 
And in our life, we cannot make our decisions based on whether or not it's safe. Safe in the world's standard of safe. What is, do you know the safest place for us? The safest place for us is in the will of God. God help us to be able to trust that. The most dangerous place for us is outside of his will outside of his authority. That's why these songs we've sung this morning speak about freedom. It's not freedom because we've met Jesus, therefore we get to do whatever we want to do separate from Jesus. The freedom comes from being under his authority. And there's freedom under his authority. When our youngest, I'm sorry, when our oldest son Graham was about five we lived on Barberry Drive in Cleveland Tennessee and the yard sloped away from the house and had a drive that ran down the hill just a long row of houses Graham and I were playing in that sloped yard and the ball got away from him and he did what five-year-olds do when a ball gets away he took off after it and I'm standing at the top of the yard and he's between me and the ball that's rolling into the street. And I'm standing in a place where I can see the whole street. He sees the ball. And what does a five-year-old want when the ball's getting away from him? He wants the ball. And he's just as quick as those little chubby legs would go going after that ball. And I see the car coming. And when I look back at him and I see him going for that ball, just one word actually two words Graham stop in five years of relationship and discipline and learning my voice reacted in his body and he took a half a step and froze and looked back at me and the ball kept going and the car went by and he was safe what did he want? He wanted the ball. Why was he still alive? Because he responded to the authority in his life. And there's freedom, friend, in that authority. I could buy him a thousand balls. And in our life today, there's going to be a ball here and a ball there. It's going to get our attention. And the question is not how bad we want that ball. The question is not how dangerous the environment is. The question is not how demanding life is. The question is 
who is our authority. Now, I said to you today that some of you, your life was going to change today. Your life will change today if you will lay your fleshly desires down. Lay your will down. Take up his cross, die to self, and acknowledge and surrender to his authority. Bow with me. We're about to walk from this room. And the challenge is, will he be king in our life? I'm going to pray. And if you want to Come kneel across this front. The Spirit of God just won't let you leave today. You need to bow in this room and pray. Come do that. If you need to find me out in the commons, and let's pray together. Come do that. There's some circumstance in your life. You need somebody to pray over your life and with you in your life. You need to see the authority of Jesus take control of something in your life. Listen, there's staff around. We'll be out here in the commons. There'll be people up here at the front. We will, in your Sunday school class, just pick up from right here and ask somebody to pray with you. Let the authority of Christ rule on this property today, Lord Jesus. Your authority, Holy Spirit, work. Lord, it, it's, it's, it's not easy. That's why you laid it out before us. But would you supernaturally give us strength and power? Worship you as king and find our freedom under your authority. In Jesus' name, amen.